We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Turns out I can only do so many things at once, and that many things is one. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in uh, rather dark and cold downtown Halifax. Yeah, it is the time of the year, as I mentioned previously, but... Um, We'll get through it. We've gotten through it for these past million years. We can get through it again. I believe in us. Um, so yeah, it is, however, time for the weekend. It is 5 p.m. It is Friday. It's time to kick back and relax. And let's go see what's going on over at lowbiasgaming.net. Starting with... Um, Jason brings us two new episodes of Final Fantasy VII as well as a whopping eight episodes of his EG Pacifist run, and uh, finally four episodes of Little King's Story. He is the only contributor for this week, and that's fine. Um, I'm probably going to be getting back into this game pretty soon. Um, I am setting up a new proper computer that doesn't crash every five seconds, and uh, the next thing I'm going to be getting is a proper microphone so I don't sound like I'm underwater. I, I know I don't sound like I'm underwater here, but I'm t I'm talking into a studio microphone that I don't own. CKDU owns it, so what are you going to do? But uh, yeah, that is what's going on. We also have a new episode of Mystery Science Theater, The Atomic Brain, as well as a couple of... Um, uh, no, actually just the one soundtrack for Metal Gear, the original... Oh no, the truck has started to move. Um, so yeah, that is what is going on over at Low Bias Gaming, and it is time for a little bit of music, I do believe. So, sit back and relax and enjoy. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM, Halifax.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was The Innocent Abandoned by Jamie McNamani, and uh, that is from today's game from the archives. Sanitarium is a point-and-click psychological horror adventure game. The player controls Max Lawton, one of the patients in a bizarre medieval-styled asylum. Max suffers from amnesia after a car accident, and he's trying to find out what happened and how he ended up in this creepy place. The game takes the player on a journey through the asylum and its surroundings, as well as through the mind of a madman, Max himself. The mature story and eerie atmosphere make this one of the best and definitely one of the scariest horror adventure games of all time. This is Sanitarium. It is an adventure horror game for the PC, developed by Dreamforge Entertainment, published by ASC Games, and released in 1998, and it is creepy as heck. Um, yeah, it, um, it explores a lot of different, um, let's say, abstract um, subjects that kind of piece together into what's going on, where Max is right now, how he got there, and how he's going to get out of it. Uh, Jade Farrell brings us 19 episodes of this scary series, and I think if you're an aficionado of the creepy horror stuff, it is worth checking out. <laughs>
That was Vampire Slayer by Arcade Ninja from the album 33 and a Third, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And as usual, around this time of the show is when we do the news of the weird. Uh, as previously mentioned, I am looking for something similar to, but not exactly news of the weird, something in the same sort of uh, digest format as news of the weird but uh, from a different source, so I can be doing something slightly different from Jason from Electric Leftovers. If you have any suggestions, uh, please tweet at SquareSim, S-Y-M. And as I always warn, I do not read these stories ahead of time, and some of these might not jive well with all audiences. This uh, segment is about 12 to 14 minutes long, sometimes a little longer, so take that as you will. Our lead story, Crime Without Punishment. Oh boy, starting in Florida already, I see. The historic Chataway restaurant in St. Petersburg, Florida is a welcoming place, but it was not the it, sorry, it was the scene of a lot of unexpected late night activity in early November, according to the Tampa Bay Times. Surveillance video of a November 6th break-in captured an intruder who, quote, spent over an hour just milling around, going room to room and eating and drinking, said manager Amanda Quito. Uh, in the process, he stole chicken wings and beer, along with computer equipment and cash tips. In the midst of the, their investigation, police were surprised to find yet another nocturnal visitor on tape from the night before. A man riding a bicycle cruised up to the restaurant and slipped in a back gate. After emptying a storage shed of all of its, con- of its contents, he went into the restaurant bathroom and emerged completely naked. Hmm. Next, he can be seen at a restaurant picnic table, digging into the meal he brought with him. Okay. Marichan instant lunch ramen noodles. But Quito said he was so tidy, staff wouldn't have even known he, w- he was there had police not been investigating the later incident. We still don't know where his pants are, said server Chad Pearson. Officers identified the man, who is homeless, but the restaurant declined to press charges because he caused no real harm. Police are still looking for the other man. Considering that he was homeless, it was awfully nice of him to bring a meal with him to the restaurant he broke into. You do you, man, I suppose. Uh, Latest religious messages. Pastor John Lindell of the James River Church in Ozark, Missouri, took the opportunity presented by Halloween to to compose a paranormal-themed sermon that warned against fortune-telling, Wicca, and yoga. Please don't let the people from the Witching Hour know. Uh, According to the Springfield News Leader, Lindell told parishioners on October 28th that yoga positions were, quote, created with demonic intent to open you up to demonic power because Hinduism is demonic. He went on to say the positions of yoga are no more than exercise are sick, tantamount to saying water baptism is just aqua aerobics. 
huh? Yokel, uh, sorry, local yoga instructors, certainly not yokels, uh, were not amused, especially when fewer people started showing up to their classes. Instructor Amanda Davis said the pastor doesn't have a thorough understanding of the practice. Yoga doesn't prescribe to any religion, and I don't think people understand that. So they get false ideas about it, she said. It's ignorant. You heard it here first, folks. Yoga is the devil. Well, yes, that's all. Yeah, let's move on, shall we? Let's just move on to girl fight. Oh boy. Um. Okay. A lawsuit filed in federal court in Dallas on November 9th seeks up to one million dollars in damages. A court, uh, and accuses American Airlines flight attendant Laura Powers, 56, of assault and battery on her co-worker Kathy Idle Wolf during an in-flight brawl in June six, uh, 2016. In her suit, Wolf claims Powers, quote, maliciously dug her fingernails into my arm and slammed the door of a beverage cart on my arm and also grabbed my scarf, choking me and dragged me in the aisle and in front of the passengers. The Dallas Morning News reported Wolf also said she alerted the captain and other flight attendants about the behavior, but American took no action to, quote, ensure my safety. In response to the suit, originally filed in Tarrant County, the airline and powers both say they are, quote, not liable because Wolf caused or contributed to cause or contributed to cause the harm for which recovery of damages is sought. Hmm. I'm not going to touch that one. Let's just move on to compelling explanations, shall we? Christopher Grayshock, 57, of West Milford, New Jersey, used the old disappointed football fan excuse to, to explain how things went wrong after he was involved in a traffic accident in Wayne on November 11th that injured two people. I drank too much because the Jets suck. Okay. According to News 12, as first responders were attending to the injured, Grayshock staggered toward them smelling of alcohol. A field sobriety test confirmed Grayshock was inebriated and he was arrested. On the front seat of his car were a bottle of bourbon and marijuana. Buddy, there's always next year. There's always next year. That last part is actually in the story. But it's true. You don't... Don't blame your alcoholism on failing sports teams. You might want to consult someone about that. Just a little bit of advice. Compulsions. David Rush of Boise, Idaho has found a unique way to score his 15 minutes of fame. I bet Jason has heard of this one. On November 13th at the Public Library in Oakbrook, Illinois, Rush set his mind to achieving a new Guinness record for eating sweet corn kernels within three minutes with a toothpick. Rush, who holds 40 Guinness records, succeeded on his third try downing 241 kernels. It's a ridiculous talent to have, Rush admitted to the, Ch the Chicago Tribune. I practice skewering a lot to prepare along with the uh, size of the plate, spreading out the corn, and the best toothpicks to use. 
Rush told the Tribune he got involved in breaking records to promote science, technology, engineering, and math education, or STEM, saying a lot of kids, uh, saying a lot of kids don't feel confident about STEM subjects. If you believe you can get better at something and work hard at it, you can get better at anything," he explained. Now that's a nice, positive, uplifting message to um, to convey to people. I don't know that I would personally be conveying this through breaking Guinness records, but hey, it's still a positive message. Let's just take it at face value, and good job, David Rush, for being in a rush while eating sweet corn. My generation, Hasbro has determined that the buying hotels and houses aspect of Monopoly doesn't appeal much to millennials who quote, can't afford it anyway. So just, just in time for Christmas, the company has released a new version of its classic game, Monopoly for Millennials, in which players whose game pieces include an emoji and a vintage camera gather experiences rather than property. Pardon me, I'm going to be sick for a second. <clears throat> On the box, Rich Uncle Pennybags, who is apparently named by his original name rather than Mr. Monopoly, holds a takeout coffee and wears earbuds and a partic uh, participation medal that reads, If you had fun, you won! USA Today reported that the game's experiences include thrift shop and farmer's market, along with dining at a vegan bistro and attending a music festival. But make sure you Uber home. There is still a go-to-jail space on the board. And that's probably not an experience that you want to have. What the... Oh my goodness. Why is this even necessary? Uh, don't... If you're playing Monopoly, don't think about what you're doing. Just... Enjoy the game for what it is. That's, that's what I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. Inexplicable. Police in Youngstown, Ohio, received an unusual call late on the morning of November, November 14th, according to WFMJ-TV. A resident of the city's south side called 911 to report that four men appeared to be stealing the sidewalk along Ridge Avenue. Police arrived to find parts of the sidewalk were indeed missing, and following a tip from a neighbor, they soon caught up with four men driving a uh, truck hauling six flagstone slabs. Try saying that three times fast. Thomas Clark, Andre Eggleston, LeVar Riley, and DeVale Williams were charged with theft. I'm not really sure why someone would want to steal a sidewalk. I mean... Yeah, I have I have no idea. If you have any idea what you would do if you stole a sidewalk, what you would do with the stolen pieces. And please don't go stealing sidewalks on my account. But if you were to do so, what would you do with those uh, with those flagstone slabs? Let me know at Square Sim. I want to know. Bright ideas. The Zolotoy Bridge in Vladivostok, Russia, is more than a mile long and opened in 2012, but three years later, inspectors banned pedestrians from crossing it because the walkways were too narrow to be safe. United Press International reports the ban didn't stop four pedestrians on November 8th, 
who attempted to cross the vehicle-only bridge wearing a yellow cardboard bus costume to, dis to disguise themselves. Police weren't buying it, though, and pulled them over. Next year, they'll try again disguised as Desert Bus. Probably not. And our next bright idea, like many recently untethered people, Kimberly Santelbin Steel uh, Stiddler, yeah, I think that's it, 43, wanted to celebrate her divorce with a party. So on November 10th, she hosted about 40 people at her farmer, uh, far, at her father's farm. There we go, near Lacoste, Texas, about 25 miles west of San Antonio. The big bang of the party wasn't the music or the food, though. According to the San Antonio Star-Telegram, uh, Sentel Ben Steeler, uh, Stiddler, S-T-I-T-E-L-E-R, there we go, wanted to burn her wedding dress, which, quote, represented a lie, she said, and not just burn it, blow it up. Well, that's one way to do it, I suppose. Her dad and brother-in-law attached exploding targets to the dress, and to really take things up a notch, also rigged it with 20 pounds of tannerite, the same explosive used in the targets. We have a friend in, who is a bomb tech, and he kept saying, That's really a lot, the unbride sister told the newspaper. Shooting from 200 yards away, Stantelman Stiddler hit her target on the first shot. The explosion was huge, she said. Residents of Medina County heard and felt the explosion as far away as 15 miles. It was liberating pulling that trigger, Stanley Stiller uh, said. It was closure for all of us. My thought? I think people are going a little stir-crazy now that Mythbusters has been cancelled. They got used to feeling those explosions that kept happening. And now they just have to make their own. I mean, well, when all else fails, C4, right? Right? Yeah. Anyway, that was our last story for today. So let's take a look at the weather for the next week. It is currently minus 7 degrees and partly cloudy here in Halifax. Um, going down to a low of minus 6 tonight, which is actually an abnormal temperature trend. Um, I shouldn't say going down to a low of minus 6 because we're under that right now, so maybe we're going up. Who knows? Seeing a lot of plus temperatures for the week, but there's also going to be a lot of rain, so do be careful about that. Saturday, November 24th, mainly sunny and a high of plus 4, going down to a low of plus 2 and mainly cloudy at night. Sunday, November 25th, a 6% chance of showers and a high of 7, going down to a low of 0 and a 6% chance of rain showers or flurries. Monday, November 26th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of plus 5, going down to a low of plus 2 and periods of rain or snow at night. Tuesday, November 27th, periods of rain and a high of plus 8, going down to a low of plus 1 and showers at night. Wednesday, November 28th, a 30% chance of showers and a high of plus 3, going down to a low of 0 and chance of rain showers or flurries at 30% at night. And finally, on Thursday, November 29th, uh, cloudy skies and a high of plus two. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, Radio 8.1 FM Halifax. Time for a little bit of music, shall we?
That was Renox with Peace Again. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, and uh, I have a couple of things to talk about. So I've been playing some video games. Who'd have fingered, right? Uh, there are a few in particular which I've decided to have a look at and share with you today. Now, I haven't actually finished any of these games. Um, in fact, a lot of these I have quite a ways left to go, but I figured I would at least share with you at the, uh, share with you these three games that go all across time. We're going to start in the future and work our way toward the past. How about that? The first game I'll cover today is Puzzle Quest Galactrix. This is a MASH 3 puzzle game developed by Infinite Interactive, now Infinity Plus 2, uh, published by D3 Publisher, who probably didn't publish Diablo 3, and released for PC and Nintendo DS in North America on February 24th, 2009, with subsequent Xbox 360 and PS3 releases following later. This game happens thousands of years in the future when humans have colonized many systems across the galaxy and have splintered off into four megacorporations which control their own swaths of systems. You play as a new recruit for the Multinational Resource and Investment Group, whose routine of fetch quests and busting pirates becomes a much deeper plot of discovering and hopefully stopping a threat that could endanger the entire galaxy. So this starts off with your original puzzle quest formula, except put in outer space, uh, resulting in the combat being ship versus ship. Now anyone who's not familiar with puzzle quest is basically a MASH 3 RPG. You collect resources from the board, you can use those resources to attack. There are also some attack icons on the board, so you can attack your opponent directly. Um, now there are different uh, colors of blocks, as I've mentioned and each fills up different types of resources. The first change from the original is that there are only three resources used for attack instead of four, with that fourth color being used for the ship's shields instead. Also, the board is hexagonal, and gravity doesn't exist unless the player is orbiting a planet. Yeah, that's kind of tricky, and uh, since I decided to play without tutorials, it did take me a while to figure out how exactly that worked. If a player is, is in orbit uh, around a planet, gravity is always down. If not, blocks will, quote, fall in the uh, direction they move their selection. So if you're moving your selection from uh, bottom to top, then blocks will move upward. Now, it... it um, one moment. Needless to say... This uh, tends to tweak some people, especially with the whole format change from um, square to hexagonal and all this gravity stuff, but once I got used to it, it became a very interesting mechanic that adds a level of complexity which I appreciate. It's no longer just about matching colors, but also about how the board should react to the move. The player's move set is determined by what equipment is attached to their ship, and based on the ship, this can be anywhere from three up to eight moves. 
And just as with the original Puzzle Quest, fighting enemies isn't the entirety of the game, there are also other minigames for doing, for doing things like crafting weapons, hacking leap gates which allow the player to travel to other systems, and mining for resources. These are unlocked by taking in crewmates with those skills which are found during the story. As far as I can tell, there are also other minigames, but I haven't quite gotten to that point yet. Overall though, I find Puzzle Quest Galactrix to have the sort of variety in gameplay to be expected from the former Infinite Interactive, and I'm finding it to be a good pastime. Unfortunately, this game gets a bit crashy in Windows 10 and I haven't found a good solution for it yet. I might see about playing it on a different platform instead as a result. So, if you uh, do plan on taking this up, do be advised, it's not the most stable experience in the world. Moving backward to the present, go figure, our next game is LetterQuest Grimm's Journey. This is a word puzzle game developed by Bacon Bandit Games, published by Digirati Distribution and originally released on November 20th, 2014. Specifically, I'm playing the remastered version of the game, which was released on the Switch in 2017. The plot is basically paper thin. Grimm decides to go out for pizza and stumbles into an evil lair instead. So now he has to defeat his enemies with words and violence. Violent words. Something like that, I guess. The player is given a palette of 15 letters from which words can be built. In general, longer words deal more damage, but it's important to note the valence of each letter. Common ones like vowels, R, S, T, L, N, E, that kind of stuff, have a valence of 1, while harder letters like X, Q, or Z can have a valence up to 3. In addition, as new letters appear, they can show up as crystals, which have special effects such as healing the player, calling up a shield, mm, excuse me, dealing more damage, or siphoning health from enemies. However, these evil creatures cannot only cause damage to Grimm, but also to his palette, causing some letters to become cracked, turn to stone, thus becoming useless, uh, become harmful, or other various effects. Each level has four stars to get. To note, however, that these stars aren't an indication of, of how well the player did in a level, rather there are four different modes for each level. The, mo the normal mode, a time trial, uh, a special challenge, and uh, which varies based on the level, and an elite mode, where every enemy is stronger and has a special condition to defeat them, such as, uh, for instance, can only be defeated with words that start with a vowel, or take quintuple damage from uh, words that have double letters in them, where that enemy might have, you know, five or six times more health than a normal enemy. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Defeating enemies and clearing levels awards the player with gems, which allows them to buy equipment and upgrades. This, however, does lead to some uh, sort of grindy bits where most of what's happening is clearing levels over and over again to get gems, to get better equipment, to clear the harder levels. So, not always the best experience, but still, overall, the game is a nice exercise in word power, and it's fun to pick up now and again. And even if you happen to stumble upon a word that you didn't even know that was a word, or you did you knew that was a word, but you don't know what it means. Well, it gives you the definition. So it's 
good opportunity to um, to be learning words, to be using your words, and um, get smarter in the process. And now, back to the past. The distant past. The last game I'm going to look at today is Kaladin Returns. This is Sengoku. This is half a progressive roguelike, half a scripted action RPG, developed and published by Nipponichi Software and released on June 6, 2017. Once again, the player finds themselves in the land known as Arcanicella, which has since time immemorial been a landing place for lost souls. This time the game happens during Japan's Sengoku era, uh, where yokai, uh, yokai de demons basically, are attacking the world and notable his, uh, Japanese historical figures are dying and ended, ending up in Arcanicella. The player must travel to these locales and battle the yokai to restore these lost souls to their full glory and perhaps stumble upon what is summoning them. The yokai, I mean. Now, the most notable part of the Cladden games is that the player gets to create their own characters right down to customizing the way they look using a uh, pixel editor. Hell, it's even possible to customize weapons and armor, thus allowing the player to create literally any character they want. It's also a good idea to create many characters as there is a feature known as magic circles. Basically, the, character, uh, the player controls one character while others are used in the magic circle to strengthen them using artifacts. It's a fairly complex system, so I'm not going to delve into it here. It's something best described, uh, that's best to be explained during gameplay. At first, these scripted dungeons are made available, which allow the player to progress through the story. In addition, EX stages are, in are unlocked as uh, normal stages are completed, which, as to be expected, are more difficult. Eventually, however, Rangens are unlocked, which, as the name implies, are randomly generated dungeons. These start off innocently enough, then as the player enters gates to lower levels, the monster level increases and the quality of items uh, of item drops may increase as well, or may decrease. And at any point the game can decide to grant a huge boon in item quality boosts, or drop that value to its minimum and instead catapult the monster level by hundreds. This happened to me last night. Or maybe the player stumbles into a doom gate and it increases by thousands. In those cases, at the very least, there's usually some pretty good stuff to find if you manage to survive. On top of that, the main game starts getting vicious about halfway through, thus leading to, wait for it, grinding. Yeah, there seems to be a fair bit of that in all of today's features, isn't there? Still, for its simple style and mechanics unique to the series, it's a game that I like to pick up and play from time to time. Mind you, it gets infuriating sometimes, especially when I'm trying to do things like clear the more difficult of quests, which are a new feature to Cloud and Returns, or speedrunning speed levels to gain fame, to get special items or features, uh, or try to make any sort of headway in Rangens. Yeah, despite its uh, light graphic style, it's not a game to be taken lightly, but it's definitely something that I enjoy and which I would recommend to people who love a challenge. So that's it for today's reviews. It might eventually be worth looking at games that I don't like, but really 
most people don't spend their free time playing games they don't like. I mean, some do. Some make a job out of it. But I tend not to do this on purpose. There are a couple of games that I plan on trying out soon, though, and how I'll react to those is anyone's guess. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
That was Synergy by iDecade from the album of the same name. And you are listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. All right, and uh, you know what, guys? I have a little bit of extra time, so I'm going to tell you that I've found a thing. Yes, I've found a thing, and I will share that thing with you in a segment that I like to call I've Found a Thing. It's best name in the world. Don't argue. Um, you find something that... Well, I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to... Well, I'm probably not going to get any tweets, but, you know. I'm, it's called I Found a Thing. It's my show. Deal with it. Um, I Okay. Serious. Eyes on the prize. Let's do this. So, I don't know if whoever watched the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. You remember that scene near the beginning where Scott has that dream where Ramona is just kind of rollerblading through the desert and then the next day he meets her and the story happens um if you haven't seen it go see it it's a really good movie if especially if you like um you know your high energy stuff um it's a cute story too well uh this is this kind of reminds me of this in a way um and this is a story about stanley and we all know yes stanley unfortunately has passed away just recently and it is a very sad thing he will be missed but he did le- he did live a full life and um let's not be sad about that let's let's sing his accolades and i have a little bit of a story here about his marriage to um joan i don't want to butcher this name uh Bukuk? let's call her joan lee that way I don't have to worry about it. Um, basically, it's a story that happened back in 1947 um, where Lee's cousin had set him up on a blind date. This is from Wikipedia, by the way. Lee's cousin had set him up on a blind date with a, a different model at the agency Joan worked. When Lee went to the modeling agency to meet his intended date, Joan answered the door instead. Upon seeing her, Upon seeing her, he immediately professed his love for her and told her he had been drawing her face since childhood. To me, that's not really much of a coincidence. If that's going to happen, it's going to be for real. And it was for real, too. Got married in 1947, lived 69 years together. And unfortunately, she passed away last year. He passed away this year. They're together again now. That's, that's how you gotta see it, right? They're together. They're in a happy place. And, uh, yes. So, I don't really have a whole lot of time to talk about this. But I just want to fit this in. Because it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice story. So, Stan Lee, you'll always be remembered among your fans and friends. Uh, you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Lickin' Stamps with Sean Daly rounding off our hour for today. Yes, it is time to go, but I will, of course, be back next week with some more stuff. Who knows what sort of stuff? Well, probably those uh, new game reviews that um, I was talking about previously, but who knows? It could be that. could be something else. We'll just have to find out next week. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by Format, Madame Dumiki, Noriyuki Kamikura, Simon Wennington, Niflis, Pink Projects, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour, Earth, and Sky at 7pm in the Vinyl Factory at 830 Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There is also a podcast version of this show and it's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony. Uh, Square Wave is one word on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or any podcast magic that you might be using. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.